Welcome to the Smart Connector, the podcast that helps entrepreneurs be the leader their ideal people love. Build your influence, wealth and success, attract others for all the right reasons and become a Smart Connector, the architect of your amazing business and life. Welcome to the Smart Connector podcast. Today's interview is with Stephen Summers, co-founder of Marketplace Superheroes, which teaches people all over the world to sell their own simple branded products on Amazon. Stephen has also created a freight company called Superhero Freight that actually ships products on behalf of his clients, and they've shipped over £2 million worth of product already this year. In this fascinating and fast-paced interview, we talk about the massive growth of e-commerce and the incredible opportunity this creates for digitally savvy and ambitious entrepreneurs everywhere. So welcome, Stephen. It's so great to have you here on the Smart Connector podcast. Thank you so much, Jane. You must have the kindest voice I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so nice. Well, I love podcasting and it's always so exciting to speak with different entrepreneurs around the world. And of course, you're in Ireland, aren't you, Stephen? Yeah, just across the road from you, just over yeah. here in Ireland. Yeah, absolutely. I'm in a little town called Wexford in Ireland. Okay, and whereabouts is Wexford? So Wexford is southeast of Ireland. It's about two hours south of Dublin because everybody pretty much only knows Dublin, Galway, Cork because they're the bigger cities, obviously, in Ireland. So, yeah, I'm about two hours south of Dublin. Oh, lovely. Well, Ireland is a very, very beautiful place. And for any of our listeners that haven't been there, I would definitely say that you you will meet some of the friendliest, most laid back people in Ireland that you can meet anywhere. Yeah. And it's, it is as green as you've heard it is, I would also say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the food's great as well. It is. It's very good. Yeah. Okay. So you're co-founder of Marketplace Superheroes and you're an Amazon expert, aren't you, Stephen? Well, yes. <laughs> I hope people believe I'm an Amazon expert. I'm joking. Yes. We've been doing that for years and we've got now, God, what, 8,000 students now in Marketplace Superheroes. Amazing. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy. We, we run a freight company as well called Superhero Freight for all of our Amazon uh, sellers whereby we basically help them import their products from the far east much more cost effectively than say if they went with a, a freight forwarder or something like that and we've also built out now at this point uh, like software for our amazon sellers as well as lots of different services like translations legal services so we're pretty much a one-stop shop now wow for people want to sell on amazon you know that is incredible. And how did you get into this business, Steve? And what, what inspired you? Yeah, well, just for context, I'm 33 now. And well, depending on when you're listening to this, of course, but I, at the moment, I am 33. So I've been doing this now for almost 11 years in total. And I got my start, you know, back in my early 20s, like a lot of people who are listening to the show at one time or another in your life. I, I was in this situation you may have been in, or maybe you're there now, where I was working in a job. I was a, a data processor, which basically means I would take forms from a physical form and I would type it into a computer all day long in a government department. 
So no, <laughs> it, it, it is. It was not exciting. I know it sounds exciting, but it was not exciting at all, James. Very boring. And you know, I, I was, I was in my early twenties, but before that, I was trying to make it in the music industry. So that's what I, what my dream was. And so I was working in this job as a way to pay for that, basically. And of course, like a lot of bands, you know, the band broke up, which of course at the time to me was like, oh my God, like my whole destiny, the the plan that I'd set out for myself was like over and what am I going to do? Well, luckily for me, I was really interested in business and business books. And I actually was doing a night course in marketing in Dublin in DIT. I never finished my degree, but I was, I was doing, uh, I did a diploma there and I got really into marketing. So whenever the band did finish, I sort of said, but look, I'm going to get into business now and go down that line. So again, I started Googling things online, like how to make money online and stuff like that, which for anybody listening, you will know that's the wrong thing to Google because you just get, <laughs> oh man, nothing but nonsense, you know, and like all these get rich quick things. And unfortunately, I was being young and desperate. I fell for all of them. I tried loads of different things. I, I, I got involved in affiliate marketing. And to be honest, I never really did anything. Like I would read about stuff and do courses and never actually implement. And I that was like a cycle I started that in my, when I was about 21. So about two years, I was messing around with that and got to that point when I was 23, where I was like, oh, I just gotta, I gotta do something here. So I was fortunate and I realized selling physical products online was something like I didn't have to be an expert in anything to do it. I didn't have to have the knowledge or anything like that. I could just sell products. So I started telling my friends and family what my plan was. And luckily for me, my aunt, who I didn't receive very often in Northern Ireland, actually, she basically uh, caught wind. I was looking for someone who sold physical items. And she's like, my friend Robert, he does that. He actually sells on Amazon and eBay. And I just could not believe my luck that like I this 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 came up upon out of nowhere. So I long story short, I got I met Robert on a night out and I actually just was talking about business. I was burning his ear all evening. And I just said, look, I really want a shot. I'd love to come and learn. So he said, yeah, come up for the week and see what you think. So I got to this warehouse thinking, oh, I'm going to start living the laptop lifestyle now. And I can go and quit that job and everything. And he hands me like, you know, like like work boots. And he's like, go lift some boxes. And I'm like, what? I thought this was supposed to be like an internet business. And I discovered at the time, he had two warehouses and quite a lot of staff and they were selling their own branded products in the consumer electronics accessories market on eBay and Amazon in the UK only at the time. And even though it was cold in the warehouse, there were like a couple of rats running about. It was for me, the first real thing I'd seen online. And so I just was, I just fell in love straight away. I quit my job. I lived in my aunt's spare room. And I basically started working with Robert for no money just to learn the business. So again, cutting the story short because it was quite a bit in it. He, he had a lot of stuff lying around the warehouse that was sort of kind of secondhand in nature. Somebody he'd never sold or products that they were purchasing from some wholesalers at the time. And I saw an opportunity to list those on eBay. And so I did and I got really good at that. And I learned about like hand coding templates on eBay and stuff like that. And within a couple of months, I was, I had sold pretty much everything in the warehouse and we became really good friends. And then at the time, you know, as I mentioned, he was, he was selling on eBay and Amazon 
uh, in the UK. And really the products they were selling were saturated. He needed to change the the company. Like at the time, there was a lot of people working there. Uh, the business partner who was very difficult. And so we basically decided, look, why don't we redesign this whole business? We were reading things like the E-Myth at that time by Michael Gerber. So getting into systemization and stuff like that. And we thought, you know, we could just start this whole thing again, cut out all these people who are causing us problems. And some weren't, but just unfortunately didn't fit the model we wanted to go into. And yeah, we restructured the whole company. He and I worked our, you know, I don't know if you can swear, but our bums off. <laughs> Give the polite British, uh, Irish uh, version. But yeah, we, we worked really hard for like over a year. And we brought in a whole range of new products that were our own brand. And we sold on Amazon exclusively. We used Amazon's fulfillment capability, meaning we were able to send our products to their warehouses all over the world, not just in the UK. And yeah, we grew the company to you know multiple seven figures you know very quickly well maybe over a year year and a half we got to our first maybe uh, 1.6 nearly 2 million dollars uh, in a yearly revenue and it went on from there you know so that was the initial kind of spark if you want to call it that phenomenal progress that's incredible so it just shows what can be done if you really focus on this e-commerce model it's a it's a fantastically profitable and successful model if you get it right, isn't it, Stephen? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we we learned a lot over the years. You know, the biggest thing was selecting the right products. You know, and and that's something we teach to our to our members now. The problem we have in e-commerce and business in general is that we're all taught like you want to get into the most competitive categories because that's where all the sales are. Which you know, it's true. There's a lot of sales being made there. But at the same time, the problem is they're really competitive markets and a lot of people are jumping in on them and stuff like that. So we really worked hard and we've honed now our research methodology over the last nine years, 10 years. And we've got to a point where we're able to sell very, they're relatively low competition products and they're not exciting. They're very boring. You know, like plastic shoe boxes have been a bad example, but it's to give people a feel for what we're talking about. Once you've got the right products and you sell them in multiple countries on Amazon, you use Amazon's fulfillment capabilities, you know your numbers, so you know your profitability and stuff like that. Yeah, you can grow a very successful business, but like anything, Jane, it's it's about putting money into the business. And the problem we have with the internet as a whole, unfortunately, is a couple of things. Number one, there's a lot of people, they're not, uh, they're not very good teachers and the stuff they teach is kind of like, hypey and all of that. And on the other side of it too, we have a problem whereby a lot of people, they, they want to start an online business, but they don't want to invest in it. They don't want to put any money down. And I think when you put two of those things together of over hypey promises, plus no money down, you basically get most internet uh, courses and why most courses and quote unquote gurus get like a bad name for themselves, you know? Mm, that really resonates. And I think people are perhaps uh, misled by the nature of the internet because they think, well, it's free, social media is free, I can, I can look at whatever I want, I can buy whatever I want. Yes, that you can. But if you are starting any kind of a business, really, you do have to invest. I mean, I, I don't know any successful businesses who have 
who have started without any investment at all. I mean, that's just the way that business is, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I, you know, I've done a lot of work on this over the last number of years. One of my favorite books. I'm happy. I love books, by the way. So I'll probably quote a million of them. But the Millionaire Fast Lane. It's a little bit of a crass title. Oh, but I that, love. That. Yeah, you love that book. It's is isn't it the best? I mean, it's just that book changed my life. A number of books have changed my life, but that was one of the one of the big ones. And like the big thing about that book that that I I took away was. This idea that the media, and I'm not going to do conspiracy theory here, it's just kind of the reality, is like the media want to sell a certain story to all of us. So, for example, a story which is person starts a company and in three years sells it for 100 million pounds, dollars, euro, whatever your currency is. That's a great story, right? And it it feels like an event of wealth, as as uh, MJ says in the book. It's it's like this just happened. Like I won the lottery or something. And so I think that when it when it comes to business, then what people don't understand is there's always a process behind any wealth event. So like even with myself and Robert, you know, I'm doing this for Robert ten years. He's been in business now for over twenty years. He started with his father many, many years ago in Northern Ireland. So like there's been a process and a, and a lot of time that's gone into our success. It's certainly not been an overnight success. And, 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 and also any overnight success story always has a process beneath it. It's just the media typically do not want to talk about that because it doesn't make for a good story. Equally, what the media love to do of course, we all know this. They love to sell negative stories because they we all know that unfortunately negative stories are more interesting to most people because it's an evolutionary thing where where you're looking to protect ourselves and any any sign of danger, we're on high alert. So to get people's attention, use a lot of high alert situations and people will uh, watch it. And of course, the more polarizing that opinion is. The more people want to uh, get on one side or the other of the of the thing. So, so when it comes to this whole business thing, then, like th- we have this this thing of like I go on Dragon's Den as it is in the UK or Shark Tank in the US, and I get money for my business, and it's all about the idea. But what people don't really understand, and I didn't understand either. Like when I started into this whole thing, Jane, I literally would Google business ideas, and if I saw someone doing it, I'd be like, "Oh, it's a <laughs> it's a bad idea," which is ridiculous. <laughs> but that's like what we've been taught because we think it's all about the idea. But the idea is only a fraction of the whole thing. The more important thing is being known now, it's execution, implementation of the idea. What's the process behind getting that result? And that's the key thing. And I didn't know all those things back then. So coming right back around to what we've just been talking about, that's that's why people think, well, you know, X person on a Facebook ad said I could make a hundred grand in 30 days. And we'd all like to believe that, but the reality is that it's possible. But like we said, there's always a process, be it buying advertising, be it buying inventory, be it time, expertise. And that's not a negative thing. That's just called reality. And I think like with social media, as you mentioned, that's a challenge we all have nowadays. It's like, we're shown a version of reality from social media that they that that company believes we want to consume. So they're going to typically give us back what our worldview is rather than 
enable us to see an alternative worldview. And that's a challenge that I had and a lot of people do. So I spend a lot of my time kind of like unbrainwashing people, if that's even a word. I don't think it is. And so that's, yeah, I spend literally most of my weeks doing that in Marketplace Superheroes now. Mm, I think that's such an important point. And Mm. the problem with the get rich quick stories that if you like the gurus pedal is that the people who are most vulnerable to those stories are usually younger people or they're people who have had some challenges in life and need to, to make up lost ground. And one of the reasons why I started this podcast is because I wanted to feature the work of genuinely successful entrepreneurs who can uh, put out the message that, yes, it is possible. It is possible for you to achieve your dreams, but you will have to make some sacrifices and you will have to make some investment along the way. And you will have to do some of the things that other people aren't willing to do so that you can get the results that other people can't. And that's that's it isn't it oh absolutely i mean i think there's a there's a lot to unpack on this because i've been thinking about this for years now and talking about it and one of the things i always tell our audience at marketplace is like don't believe in yourself and everyone looks at me and they're like whoa what you just said don't believe in yourself and i say yeah because when you're starting out in entrepreneurship even when you're in entrepreneurship for a while like if you've never done something before especially early on in your career, well, how can you believe you can do it if you've never done it? Because a lot of people, they work on the thing of, you know, uh, seeing is believing, right? An old cliche. And so, so, so like, I haven't seen that yet. So how can I believe that I can do it? So what I always tell people, and I've learned this through experience now, it's like, go and find the people, the person who is doing what you want to do. And just do whatever it takes to, learn their what i would call pre-proven process so all the p's and when and just getting your start in entrepreneurship that's the best thing to do so just go and literally execute something that's already been done don't try and innovate don't come up with any anything at all just go and do it right and what you get from that is then really valuable experience and you start to understand that you know business is really not complicated not that it's easy but it's not complicated because all it is is literally find someone with a problem, solve the problem, sell the solution. And it's, and, and so that can be as simple as, you know, on Amazon, there's products for sale and the ones that are for sale, they're not great. You know, the offers aren't great. The images aren't great. There's a, there's, there's something can be improved there. So I'm going to come in and do that. And, and, and so that's my first big thing I would tell anybody in that situation. I also hear you entirely with the, the, the kind of the people who, or I don't want to say desperate, but I was certainly desperate when I started. I, I didn't know what I was doing and I, I was young. I was very fortunate. I got into this at a good age, but even I work with people that are much older than I was when I started, like people in their fifties and they've worked in a job for years that they don't like. And anybody who comes to me and says, you know, I'm massively in debt, I'm, I'm struggling. How can I join and like replace my income? I always just tell them straight away, this business is not for you and business isn't for you just yet. You you gotta go and get yourself sorted out and and then and then start at a more slower level, a smaller level, and, and build up your confidence from there. Or go and find a high value skill that you can go into the market and sell for for quite a lot of money. And so so that's like what what trouble with a lot of people, just not making enough money. 
But anyway, that that was really more of an aside. I think I think coming back around to what we're saying here then is having that pre-proven process. If you don't have experience, is big. And then when you get experience, you can do what we do now in our businesses, where you can start to really innovate and create new things and and really start to change certain markets like we've done with Superhero Freight. Like that company came about, like, I mean, there's loads of people shipping products from the Far East to the States, to uh, UK, Europe, and to Australia, like loads of companies. Problem is most of them are no good and they don't serve a specific market, which we knew was small Amazon e-commerce sellers, I should really call them, but we only deal with our own merchants at the moment. So hence the Amazon thing. But we just saw like, I mean, with a freight forwarder, if you're shipping a small quantity of stock from China, you're going to pay a lot of money for that because you're doing a small order. So we have thousands of people who are all selling on the same platform. Why wouldn't we just put on our own containers from the Far East, make it easy for people to uh, buy from us, to buy shipping space from us online, and then make it super easy for us to take care of it all. And that was a that's a really innovative thing that takes something that's already been done and improves it. But I couldn't have started with that idea, Jane. I'd have failed miserably if I had started there, you know? So really, Superhero Freight, it, it's a product um, extension, really, isn't it? Because you already have Marketplace Superheroes. Yeah. Something that you've added to your services to make it more of a full service and competitively differentiated offer. 100%. Yes, said beautifully. Absolutely. So one of my mentors is Jay Abraham. A lot of people may have heard of him before. One of the smartest business thinkers ever, I, I believe. One of Jay's big things is the three ways to grow a business. There's actually three advanced ways as well, which we won't get into. But the three ways to grow a business is very simple for anybody who doesn't know. Real quick, uh, way number one to grow any company, get more clients. That's sell more. Uh, way number two, increase your average transaction value. Way number three, sell your existing customer base more often. So I took that to heart massively when we started Marketplace Superheroes. And, I've, and we, we just, we sold one product for many years, one educational program. And we did well, we had a lifestyle business, but then we realized a lot of people were problems here. Finding it hard to get a freight forwarder, having difficulties with like, you know, getting trademarks and stuff like that. And so Robert and I, we started to see this and we're like, we should offer some solutions. So the freight one was the big one we wanted to solve because it was a little bit like, you have to ship products from typically the Far East in our model and a lot of private label models as well. And, and, and also that thinking came from me, which was like, I remember seeing credit card terminals in shops and stuff like that. And I always remember saying to Robert, it wouldn't be great if we were like the credit card terminal because you have to use that. It's like almost like a legal requirement, even though it's not a legal requirement, but it's a requirement if you want to take credit cards. So that was our version of that. It's like, if we can offer a really cool shipping service, we can we can offer have a brand new business sector in our business. So sell to existing customers more often. We also get to increase our average transaction value because people are buying space from us in our containers. They're paying storage in our warehouses, you know, and all of that. And it just creates a more valuable company. And, and really the bigger thing, which I would usually start with, but I, I didn't in this example, is just that it's the best service for our clients. Like that's the best thing that they can possibly get. It's going to help them sell more. It's going to help them make more. So that's brilliant. And it also, you just mentioned competitively differentiated us. And absolutely, because in our space, 
most people just want to sell an online course and we're just like well that's fine but if we're going to have a long-term relationship and successful relationship we have to offer other things or there'll come a time whenever selling on amazon is not as good as it used to be and then people will drop away and then you know you, you haven't got a business anymore you got to move on to the next thing so so that that comes from this idea of always be readying your next act dan kennedy said that many years ago and i often think about that so we've been extending the company a lot we started with the marketplace superheroes main program we added on coaching and things like that now we have freight services we bought a legal firm this year who we're partnered with now we bought a design company this year so we can offer uh, high quality a plus brand content for amazon listings and we we with the legal company we can offer trademarks uh, which is very important selling on amazon and online in general now so we've just been uh, every year adding more and more businesses into what we do more services so that we don't have to refer people out because you know it's better if you can keep things in your own business and you can control them. But obviously if your goal is pure lifestyle, that's not necessarily the best route. But if your goal is impact and to build a very valuable offer and also a very valuable company, extending out your lifetime value is a no brainer and something you have to do. Wow, that's so inspiring, Stephen. Of course, right at the heart of that is your clients. and 100%. That, that you're really making your business much more valuable to. So yeah. that is a winning model, isn't it? Yeah, I'm always interested in win-win. I, I just, I think it's the only way. And it comes from one of my favorite quotes, which you've probably all heard before, but I love it. And, it's, and again, I always say to people, think about this and really ask yourself, am I doing this? And it's, it's just this, you can have anything you want as long as you help enough people get what they want. And that has just been the core of my philosophy in any business for, for 10 years now. And it's always stood me well. Like you can apply it to any company and it'll make you more successful pretty much straight away because you're, you're looking at it from the right vantage point. It's like one of Bob Berg's books, the go giver, similar mentality that I'm going to give you more than I ever ask from you. And I'm going to give you so much that you love being part of my world. You get so much value from me that you just want to refer me to other people and you want to be in, you know, in involved with my company for the long term. So we really focus on that. And even now, one of our most ambitious projects, which I don't even know if it's going to work out or not, I believe it will, we're working on something called herodeals.com. And that's our, we're, we're shipping now, as I mentioned, 2 million items this year with Superhero Freight. We have almost 2,000 different SKUs from our, our sellers. We want to build a website where we can showcase our members' products. We can buy advertising, things like that to the site. And ultimately, we can have our, our members, you know, we can have people buy from that site different products that our members are selling and they're selling them on Amazon as well. So in essence, becoming like a mini Amazon is something we'd like to do. I have no idea if it's going to work out for us or not, but it's certainly uh, something we're going to we're going to go down and, and try to do as much as we can to help our members sell more. Wow, I just think that's so amazing. And of course, MJ DeMarco talks a lot about value vouchers as well, doesn't he? He says yeah. if you create value for millions, well, millions is going to be your reward. Yeah. So I think that's just amazing. So Stephen, I'd love to get on to talking a little bit more in detail about Amazon, because of course, 
with lockdown and COVID and so on, everybody knows that Amazon has, although it was obviously exploding before, it's totally exploded, hasn't it? Yeah. What impact have you seen in your business of all of that growth? Has your business exploded as well? Yeah, it has. Like, and I, you know, it's one of those weird things in that a lot of people are struggling this year, which really sucks and, you know, is awful. And weirdly for us, you know, we've grown massively. You know, our company as a whole has grown by like 120% this year, which is great for us and all, but who cares, right? Because other people are not doing as well. So what I can tell everybody is that from an Amazon side, we've seen a massive uptake with our, all of our members because just to give some statistics on this, before COVID, e-commerce was expected to do about 14% of retail sales in 2020, 2021, that kind of time frame. But estimated, we'll have to see to get the exact figures that COVID has sped up the adoption of e-commerce five times basically in one year. So there's been a massive upsurge of online purchases, especially on Amazon, because Amazon actually accounts for 50% of e-commerce sales at the moment, which is crazy. Uh, mm. Think about that. But but really, the big thing is that we've had a big jump to people online, and that's definitely created a lot of success in our community as well as for ourselves. But it's one of those things that's a little bit sad, really, like obviously, because a lot of people losing jobs, obviously. But even for us, it's like we've been beating this drum for years now. We've always done pretty well. But it's, it took like a pandemic to like get pe- a lot of people to really take it seriously and really go for it. You know, we obviously had thousands of people go through the course before that. But, you know, we've doubled our user base in a year, you know. So, yeah, I, I would say from an e-commerce perspective, it's been a great year. But from a personal perspective for everybody, including myself, because it's been a very strange year with lockdowns. And we're actually just coming out of our second lockdown here at the moment. I'm probably going to have another one in a couple of months. And, and so I think for anybody listening, like no matter what business you're in, it's really important that you get your online house in order because e-commerce is not going away and online business is not going away. And you really do need to start pivoting to add more online capability. Even if you're a consultant or a coach, you know, you got to be in a situation where you're like, even with us, you know, we usually do a live event in Ireland once a year. We did a virtual event this year and we did two and we made more money from those events as a company and our, our members actually got a better educational experience. So we probably won't go back now, you know? Of course, as you said, there is a parallel, some some parallel misery in terms of the bricks and mortar businesses. Yeah. And just as we speak, there's uh, news about Arcadia, the uh, Philip Greens and Debenhams is going under and yeah. all of that is very sad. Do you think that could have been avoided if they'd embraced e-commerce fully earlier? It's a tricky one because you take a company like Primark, Primark, right? We have we call it pennies here in Ireland. It's uh, different in the UK. And like they, before COVID, massively successful, but they're, they're physical presence only, no online retail. And so whenever COVID hit, literally they their business shut down and that in my opinion is a massive mistake for for companies the tricky side of things there's there's been a lot of stuff on this over the last number of years i've seen irish companies as well as uk companies trying to bring an online arm of their business what i've seen is oh, it's one of those it's like h&m or one of those businesses 
but basically they're just like most of them are just shutting down their physical businesses now and they're just going online uh, because i think actually that retail has been struggling for the last number of years it's just been the case that companies just kept going kept doing the things that they were always doing and yeah i don't think companies have prepared well enough at all for the online change that's coming and actually it's going to create a lot of opportunities for other businesses that are online orientated early on and unfortunately Mm -hmm. it's going to result in the loss of like thousands of jobs you know because the sheer the whole nature of retail is changing and that's just one of those things but i definitely would agree and believe that companies have been too slow to to go online properly and then there's been other companies like here in ireland you know there's a, a business called shaw's they're a department store i remember years ago like they just sell other people's products as well as having a couple of different top shop actually are in one of their buildings as well as a couple of other arcadia companies and like they tried to go online but they're there was there they just didn't have a good strategy their online store had no like why would you buy from there you could just go buy from amazon uh you get a better service you know so i think that's the thing too it's like the expertise in that area in a lot of these big clunky businesses it's just not really there and so unfortunately what i think will happen is those businesses will use that brand name to sell online and it'll become almost like a warehouse job than a than a retail job you know Very interesting perspective, Stephen. So I have a question for you about um, entrepreneurs that start passion-based businesses. My daughter, for example, she actually graduated in events management, which has caused terrible time uh, for this. But she started up a little beauty business and she's thinking about launching branded products, for example, products or makeup or whatever uh, that's kind of in line with what she's doing at the moment so if you're somebody who's let's say a passion-based small business owner and you want to launch products that are basically going to enhance your um, existing offline brand do you think that that is a good approach for Amazon or do you think that you have to put all your kind of emotion and your Mm. passion to one side and just be very rigorously analytical about the marketplace and what sells I love that question and that burning question actually and I I would I would say there's two it's actually two different businesses so mm-hmm. what you have is you've got the tribe model or brand model, as I would call it. And then you have the marketplace model. So the marketplace model is what Marketplace Superheroes teaches, which is going to Amazon, analyzing the market and bringing in different products where there's a gap in the market for those and then getting them selling on multiple Amazon markets. Brilliant for people that don't really want to build their own presence. If they're a little bit more beginner in nature with e-commerce because one of the hardest parts of e-commerce or any business for that matter is building an audience and a customer base. That's that's the hard part. It takes a lot of time. So I have an idea for your daughter, which I'll tell you in a second, which I think it worked really well for a short term and medium term, actually. But so so, so that's the marketplace model. Then the, the, the tribe or brand model is what your daughter's getting involved in, which is like, I have an interest in something. So I'm going to create content about that. And I'm then going to connect with other people that have a similar interest and I'm going to create a, a tribe around that. And then when the tribe gets to a certain place, I can then sell my own products and services to the tribe. And they're going to be happy to buy from me because they have a relationship with me. That's the same model marketplace superheroes, funnily enough, 
uh, utilized in order to build a tribe of people that want to sell on Amazon, that want to go down that model. So like you could literally apply what we've done in Marketplace Superheroes to what your daughter's doing and you get like a very successful business. The negative thing about it is it takes time and a lot of effort and a lot of content, uh, which isn't a bad thing because if you're passionate about something, it's great. The problem with a lot of passion driven people is that they don't look at the very real economics of business at times. And they kind of go down this thing of, and I'm not saying this is your daughter, by the way, but they kind of go down that line of like, well, I'm passionate about it. So I'm just going to talk about it. And if, and if I keep talking about it, like, you know, enough people will start to hear from me. And, and I just don't think that's a good way to go. Whereas if what you're interested and passionate about has commercial viability, as in people are already doing something like that, they're selling products in that market, that's fantastic. So then it's a case of two ways you can go there. The first way is you can make a list. It's called a Dream 100 from Chet Holmes from the Ultimate Sales Machine, where basically you, you list like 100 different people you'd like to get in front of their audience. And then you start building a relationship with those people while you continue making your own content. And then you find ways to collaborate and get involved in those people's communities because they already have your customers in their in their audience. So that's a really good way to go. And then you can sell your own products, services, whatever to those people. And the the other way to go actually is you can you can basically decide, I'm really interested in beauty, for example. I know it's gonna take me a long time to start my own beauty line and my own audience because I don't have an audience, why don't I go and find loads of different beauty experts who have a following, but they're not monetizing their business very successfully. And I'm going to work with them and I'm gonna uh, create products and services. I'm gonna create educational stuff with them. And I'm gonna create a new business unit within their business to get me my start. And that's what I would suggest your daughter could take a look at doing because it's a really much faster path to getting a business up and operational and she can keep doing what she's doing already, building an audience and stuff like that. I literally just did this as a test uh, case study with a young guy from the States and he's in the auto detailing industry, which means they valid cars for us in Ireland and the UK. And he literally talks about it all day on YouTube and Instagram. He had quite a big following on YouTube, like 100,000 subscribers and a really good following on Instagram as well. And he didn't know how to monetize that, how to make money from it. He just kept on making videos for like three years. So I came (laughs) along and I just said to him, man, start building an email list, get people into your world that you can control that traffic, that you you can talk to those people in your own platform, not just in YouTube, not just in Instagram. And then he crafted a course, which he wanted to do, which was basically teaching people how to build a successful auto detailing business, a small one, and mm-hmm. uh, put the whole promotion together. We basically like did like nearly 300 sales of his course in one in like one weekend. And he's going on now and building that business himself and everything. We're, we're not, we were going to partner together, but we decided not to time-wise and everything else. But the point is like, I didn't have an audience in the auto detailing industry, but I knew the process to make money with that. And so if you can learn that part, you're so valuable to so many people then, you know? That is just amazing. That is such a great story, actually. It's just completely blown me away because mm-hmm. auto detailing, as you said, it's very niche, isn't it? Incredible. But of course, niche is where it all starts, isn't it? Yeah, 100%, you know? And, and, and so, like, that's true. And he had a great audience and a great relationship. He just didn't have a methodology to 
monetize that. And here's the beautiful thing with that business he has now, he could go and do uh, like clothing for that, those guys, you know, talking about being a detailer or whatever, he'll sell that courses. There's lots of different digital courses he could do. There's physical uh, products he could do, you know, for different auto detailing products, like for, for cleaning cars and whatever. I don't know that much. I don't even know that much about it still, to be totally honest. I just know how to market it. And I give him a framework to do that. And so like, that's the thing. Like, I mean, when you have a tribe, you can sell all different kinds of products and services. You're not stuck selling just physical. You can sell digital as well. And as a matter of fact, to become successful in the long term, if you're not using a marketplace like Amazon, because see what Amazon does is it gives you the customer base. It's there. So it's up to you just to get really good at researching on the platform, give them more of what they want, and they'll give you what you want. And that's why I love, and we still love Amazon. We're heavily invested in Amazon. But obviously, as we become a bit more advanced in business, we are involved in lots of different things now. And as I mentioned earlier on, you know, it's important the next generation of people get that step up. So we're sharing a lot of this stuff with our audience now, helping them understand the, the marketplace model, the tribe model, and, you know, just help them sell more stuff with that. Mm, that sounds fantastic. So, I mean, I don't really know whether this is the case because I've never actually searched for an online course on Amazon, for example. Yeah. But does Amazon sell online courses? Is that a viable route to market for course creators, for example? Well, there are literally a billion Amazon courses now, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, they're mostly run by people who don't have a clue what they're doing, which is, which is unfortunate. And it's why uh, we're so vocal in this area because coming back to something you said earlier, because you put it so well about differentiation as a company, like we're so, we've such a better offer than anybody else now because we put the money into it. You know, like we're opening a Canadian warehouse for a freight company in January and just to open the doors, it's 750,000 US dollars to do that, you know, which is a lot of money. But that's the thing. We only can do that because We've, we're able to invest the money that we make from our training business to be able to build these different services and products for our, our audience. And in that space, like most people, they just don't have anything like that. They'll refer you to like a, a freight forwarder who doesn't care about your business. Uh, they'll refer you to all different kinds of services and they're just missing out on building the real business, which is the partnership with your clients. And so like, yes, there's loads. Amazon don't, they don't sell it themselves. It just they just don't and i mean i just don't it just doesn't really make sense for them i don't think as a company probably just not a big enough business for them because they're so big now at this point in time so there's a lot of different businesses but i would say in our space there's only maybe like five programs that are like good and then a lot of them outside of that are are the opposite of good unfortunately so so quality still sells yeah i mean absolutely like you can certainly get away with selling something not great for a period of time, but you know, the internet, that's the beauty of it. It, it travels fast. If you, what you do is no good. And that's the thing about us. Like we're doing this many years now and we're really careful about looking after our clients because we don't want people posting on the internet. These guys are no good because we are good. And so it's really important. We give everybody a really high level of service our programs are really good. Our services are really good. And people truly get the result that we we talk about. And I think in this space as well, there's people who, so many people come to us after having a bad experience with another program, which is unfortunate. But at the same time, in many ways, you know, they probably never would have joined our program 
having had a bad experience and and we kind of become the place you go if you've kind of <laughs> if you've worked with someone who wasn't great you know sometimes obviously not always but i think we're just the most trusted in this space now which is for me what it's all about yes and it's also it's also about sustainability and longevity isn't it because 100%. I mean, I've seen I've seen people in the education and training space, and we talked right at the beginning of the podcast about the kind of get rich quick gurus who try to basically get as many people as possible to buy their courses through this kind of false promise of everything's going to be really easy and all you have to do is buy the course and then you know within a, a month or whatever you'll be raking it in yeah. and, um, and and of course people could get away with that a few years ago but they simply can't now can they no it's, Not- it's a it's you know it's a wonderful thing that people can't because like you know i i know there's a whole thing about guru bashing and we've talked about gurus even on this uh, podcast as well and you know like there's some people out there who would be described as gurus maybe people describe me as one i don't know but like some gurus i have a lot of time for i think they're brilliant teachers and they're gurus because they've got a massive audience uh, i don't i don't see it as a negative thing but then there's other people out there who've got a very big audience and i just know from you know anecdotal sort of stories from people who've worked with them that they just don't deliver on what they they promise but they just are really good at like marketing themselves and it's like i i just i'm listening to a guy at the moment just as an example i called mark laurie l-o-r-e from the u.s and this is a guy who has started multiple businesses which he's sold them for hundreds of millions of um, of dollars you know and sometimes billions and this is a guy that if you look at him on youtube a lot of his interviews have got like two thousand ten thousand views whereas you know some self-appointed expert with nowhere near the results has got maybe millions. And it's just down to that fact that they're busy doing the business rather than talking about it. And so for us, we always want to strike that balance of like that we're, we're doing it, we're investing in people doing it as well. We're building services. We're, we're doing everything we can to show that we're the real deal, you know? Well, I mean, honestly, Stephen, if people aren't really excited about working with you after this interview, then I don't know what more we <laughs> do because you convinced me that you really know what you're talking about tell me what would be the first step for people if they wanted to build a business on amazon with your help how would they start where would they go yeah there's two things that people can do the first one i recommend is going to uh, youtube we have a really good youtube channel just search marketplace superheroes and you'll find it there and then the second thing is just go to marketplaceSuperheroes.com and there's a free seven day masterclass there. It might change depending on when you're watching this, but there's always free training there, which is, is good. And it'll talk about the model. It'll talk about, you know, whether or not this is something you may want to do and it'll break it down in detail uh, so that you know how it works, you know, uh, how you can grow it. And then you can make that decision for yourself, whether or not it's something you want to pursue further. Uh, they would be my two best things that you can take a look at. And we do have a podcast as well called the Superhero Lifestyle Show, which people can certainly check out also. Well, that sounds absolutely amazing. Well, I just wanted to say thank you for joining us and for providing such a valuable episode for our listeners today, Stephen. It's been such a pleasure to interview you. I really wish you every success with Marketplace Superheroes. Well, thanks a million, Jane. I really appreciate it. And I know the effort that goes into producing content. So, you know, thank you for, for creating a community that 
we can speak to as well. So it's it's been a pleasure speaking to you. And yeah, I hope people got value today. That's always my goal. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Stephen. And uh, look forward to hearing more from you. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Connector podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not head over to janebaylor.com and order a copy of my free report on building your personal brand. I'd love to connect with you on social media. And finally, don't forget to like and subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss a show. Thanks for listening in and see you soon.